Hey everyone, and welcome to the Darkcast. I'm your host, Jonathan, and this is DCI number 143. In this episode, Brian and I are talking to Dave Sullivan about his new game, Starship Assassin. Starship Assassin is a team-based, objective-based multiplayer shooter with lightsabers, jetpacks, and of course guns, and obviously black holes and wormholes. The game is actually going into beta here very soon on March 3rd, and you can find out all about how to get into the beta on his website, for which you can find the link on darkstation.com in the show notes to this episode. As always, thank you so much for listening. Now on with the show. Uh, well, Dave, thank you so much for, for joining us on the Dark Cast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, thanks. Yeah, I'm, uh, thanks for having me on. Absolutely, glad glad to have you on the show. I, I know that we had some some issues with scheduling, but glad we could yeah. get get <laughs> I know together I get, here. Getting bumped, you know, as uh, as being like Matt Damon or something. That's I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you're not Matt Damon. Uh, well, I, I don't know. Are no, you Matt Damon? No, unfortunately, uh, okay. no, I, I, I was, was going to say, wait a minute, is this? Uh, is this some kind Alas, of tricky thing I, uh, going on? I did not write Goodwill Hunting uh, in the nineties. That's uh, no, not me. Uh, okay, good. Good to know. Uh, no, no surprises there. But uh, yeah, we are here to talk about your your upcoming game. That's it's actually coming out in, in uh, beta here very soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Starship Assassin. Um, yeah. Very but uh, yeah, and 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 you should be. It looks like people are having a lot of fun with that game. But before we kind of get into the the game itself, let's talk a little bit about who you are. Who are you, Dave? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm a, a game developer. Um, kind of uh, been in the tech industry for a while, um, you know. And uh, recently, like within the last couple of years, decided to make a big change from going from selling my soul and making office software to making games, which is something that I had always wanted to do, and it's why I started learning to program when I was a kid. Mm. But, you know, it's just like I never got around to it because you need to get a job at some point, and, you know, you start selling your, you know, services or whatever, programming skills. And, um, and yeah, so this is my first game, and I wanted to make a multiplayer game. I wanted to make a game that reminded me of something from the 90s that, you know, I used to play a lot of Quake 2 and, like, the original Counter-Strike, and and like I love those games, you know, and they and they, there was something that was just like a lot simpler and straightforward, more straightforward about them, you know, um, where you just kind of got in and you shot people, and, and and then like you know they kind of added like Counter Strike, which was a variation, and like that was fun, but it wasn't, it didn't get too far away from the purpose. Whereas like a lot of games now, I mean like certainly like the Battlefield series and, and stuff like that, I think really takes it too far, makes it too complicated. But then you know like you look at like Paladin and Overwatch and. You know, even there, it's like, I just feel like I'm waiting around too long, you know, to join a game and stuff, and, and mm. you know, waiting for a round to start, and everything. Yeah, it's just, I'd like something that was a little bit more fluid. Um, so, you know, I'm, as a, you know, solo, first-time game developer, I think it's somewhat of an ambitious goal, but I, I kind of like what we've come up with, so we came up with something pretty neat. Very cool, very cool. Um, you said that you made uh, Office software. Uh, what, yeah. what, kind, what kind of uh, gems have, have you been yeah, making? So, so yeah, so I use uh, Office Software as kind of a catch-all for um, 
uh, I used to do a lot of work with Salesforce.com, which I don't know if you know what that is, but um, it's like a CRM system that uh, you know companies use to like run the company, and basically it costs a fortune to just buy the software, but then they pay guys a bunch of money to come in and set it up and like train them how to use it, and it's it's really this weird, it's 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 kind of. It, 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 it seems like a waste of money, but it's not, but it usually is, you know? <laughs> so it's kind of like one of those things. So, like, and you just end up working with, I don't know, a lot of people that are just kind of dicks, you know? But, um, yeah, so basically, like, a lot of stuff you would have never heard of that runs businesses behind the scenes, like at warehouses and factories and, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, really, like, custom stuff or even, like, um, you know, phone call centers, you know, stuff like that. Um so if something happens on the website and you need to get it routed to XYZ person, um, you know, and then it needs to, like, send a text message and then it needs to sync that all up with some server in the cloud somewhere. So that is actually something that I'm kind of bringing to my to game development is, you know, I'm looking to make multiplayer games. And that's something I actually do have a bit of experience with, not on the game side, but on the networking side. Um, so I am a bit curious to see if, you know, as a really small shop, I can run an online game with dedicated servers. I'm pretty sure I can, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's definitely like I look at some of these AAA, you know, companies and they just, I mean, they spend a fortune on running their servers and, you know, they still crash. Uh, sure, they they absolutely do and that's that's always frustrating. Uh, I guess the, the trade-off is doing, you know, peer-to-peer stuff, uh, but then if well, the host right. leaves, then right. you're, sit, you're, again, sitting there you know, waiting for however long it takes for the game to decide who's going to be the host now, um, and that's that's always fun and you know riveting. <laughs> I mean, that's right. I mean, that's definitely an option that a lot of people choose. But like every game review complains about it, and yes. you know, rightfully so, because it's like, and but it's the developers saying like, "Screw that, man! I don't know how to manage a bunch of servers. I don't want to do that." You know, and that's that's why they do it um, sure. because it's easier. But uh, yeah, so I'm trying not to go that route, and we do have to get dedicated servers. Um, and yeah, it's cool. It's neat. Um, have I imagine there's a, kind of a trade-off there, though. I mean, if if you have uh, if your quote-unquote servers are the people that are playing the game, uh, then theoretically the game can always be played multiplayer. But if you have a dedicated server that eventually gets shut down, like the the game's no longer there. You can't. <laughs> yeah, that that is. Yeah, so. You know, honestly, I feel like this is kind of a problem with software in general because sure. certainly when you get into, like, abandonware titles and stuff, you know, where it's really not even clear who owns it anymore, you know, and trying to get those to run, you got to use, like, DOS emulators and stuff. So, like, you know, preserving games is really important. And the reality is, it's I like, a lot of these popular games, like, I was looking at um, Minimum, right? And, and I had actually made, like all of Starship Assassin, and then somebody was like, hey, this reminds me a lot of Minimum, and I looked at Minimum, and I was like, holy shit, yes, it does. <laughs> but are you guys familiar with that game I'm, at all? I'm not, no. Yeah, it was It was kind of, I mean, it, it seems to have sold, you know, quite a few copies according to Steam Spy, um, and, you know, probably generated a fair bit of money, but it sounds like it was a studio that uh, I think may have been having some financial difficulties because they filed for bankruptcy kind of soon after it came out. Um, and I think one of the things was just, like, I could tell it had a triple-A level of polish to it, you know, so that means that they put a ton of money into the game, which means if it doesn't sell a ton of copies from the get-go, 
they're out of business. <laughs> you know, it's 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 like a fit. So so then what happens to the game? Well, through bankruptcy proceedings, as far as I can tell, they ended up selling it to somebody who then ended up uh, you know repackaging it and resetting up the servers. And I actually bought it on Steam, and you can actually play it. Um, and you're, you're mostly playing against bots, but it's a fun game. Um, but like. That stuff happens, you know. Like, like I don't know. So, so the reality there was they just couldn't afford to pay people to manage those servers anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. But if they had made it peer to peer, I feel like it would have been a worse experience. And even still, you need to constantly keep updating games, you know. And that's the other problem is like games are never done anymore, you know. It's like what you're really making is, hey, I'm making this world, and it's starting with you know this large picture in mind, but like here's the fun things you can do now, and then we're going to keep adding to it, you know, and then it just keeps growing from there. So, and that's either going to be successful or or it's not, <laughs> you, you know. And and yeah, I, I, I'm with you, man. I uh, I agree, but it's uh, it can be tricky sometimes too for the game developer side. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure pretty much everything is is just tricky. That's that's all there is. Uh, that's the that's the one constant. <laughs> Yeah, actually, yes. that is. I, I mean, to be fair, most of life is a little bit tricky, you know. Indeed. So, like, that's kind of how it goes, you know. But, uh, but yeah. So, Dave, Starship Assassins. I have a question. I want to start off with: want, Is it killing starships, or is it starships that kill? Yeah, right. Actually, um, you know, it's it's funny. Uh, I probably should have changed the name at some point, but I just kind of stuck with it because the game that I started off building ended up being like a really different game than I ended up with. So there still are starships in the game, but originally you could actually pilot them with a multiple crew. And it was very much like a, um, you know, I was trying to do kind of like a very low-budget Star Citizen kind of thing where it was just like, what if you just delivered on the most basic premises, you know, like where you're in a big open-world skybox, you're moving around... And it was almost like a submarine simulator kind of thing. You know, it was really what it, you know, ended up feeling like. And nobody got it. It, it just, like, everybody that played it was just like, ah, uh, you know. And, and so it kind of, like, for me, it was kind of like, all right, look, like, for my first game, I think I've got to make something that I like that I want to play, right? But then I've got to pay attention to what other people want to play, too. And i got to find somewhere in the middle to meet. And Starship Assassin, which is a much more linear uh, you know, arena, team-based, uh, you pick up items and you can place, like, elements around, so it's kind of like Team Fortress, but there aren't classes, but there's different characters, and each of those characters have different ability. You know, so it's it, it's kind of like, um, I think it's an interesting take on a lot of, you know, stuff going on in the MOBA genre right now, and, and just arena shooters in general, but uh, <laughs> the name Starship Assassin was, yeah, literally about a bunch of guys, you know, piloting starships and, you know, shooting at each other in, like, a submarine simulator, which I, I, know, I think could be a fun game, honestly, at some point, but um, it wasn't <laughs> the first version. <laughs> <laughs> so is everything actually taking place on Starship still, or is it, what, what right, kind of okay, world okay. are we actually in? So, alright, so, so there's going to be one level for the beta, so we've got one arena, and then I'm going to be adding some new levels, you know, over the course of the month, and that's going to be, you know, the big, you know, launch extra stuff. So there will be a couple of different settings, but currently, it uh, kind of takes place in like this kind of like uh, rock, there's like these rocks, and you kind of like jump from rock to rock, 
you know, like floating debris in space almost. You know, like you're, you're in space, <laughs> and you're kind of like in zero gravity, but not really. And you have a laser, and you've got a laser sword, not to be confused with the lightsaber, sure. but, uh, you know, it, it, I could see a, a resemblance there. But, you know, you can hit people with a melee attack, or you can shoot people um, with your laser. And then you can go pick up items... Um, but each team, so there's a red team and a blue team, they start at separate sides of uh, the arena, essentially. And they are in a starship, uh, which kind of looks like this big globe thing, you know, you can see on our, our website. Um, and and that's where your AI core, your artificially intelligent core, is located, right? And um, the goal is just for the other team to destroy that core. Uh, and there's essentially kind of a variety, a couple of checkpoints along the way in the middle of the field on the way to doing that. Um, but, you know, it's essentially uh, kind of a linear MOBA in that sense, or at least that's how I was really thinking about the level design, um, is, you know, you want there to be enough variation and variety to, like, create real choke points and real strategic points, but at the same time, you don't want it to be so complicated that rounds just drag on and on and people get off track you know sure sure um so is it is it asymmetrical then do you always have one side that's defending and you've got one side that's attacking or are both attacking it's both it's both um yeah but that's something that i've been thinking a lot about actually and i'd like to experiment with a little bit on the other levels um but for now it's pretty uh um there is a center island that you can jump to uh, optionally, right? And that has this thing in it. There's there's these um, they're essentially capture points or spawn points. So what you can do is, you know, if your team gets over to that and manages to capture that spawn point anybody that dies will now spawn there. So you can spawn much closer to the enemy base. Um, you know, so there there's a little bit of variety there, but then at the same time when you do that that you're farther away from your base, which makes it a little bit harder to get back to if suddenly you're under attack. You know, um, so yeah, like uh, I think there's there's a little bits of things like that that I try to sneak in there, but otherwise it's it's pretty uh, pretty uniform. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. So with your uh, with the character design, I'm how did you manage to get? All of the siblings to famous video game characters. Like I noticed, I noticed you had like Samus Lauren, you had Earl Newcomb, a little bit of Brogita in there. Um, yeah, where where, yeah. where would you go? Where were you going with that? So, I was basically using that as an homage to you know certain games and movies that I finally remember from when I was a kid. Um, I have not been contacted by any of their respected lawyers. Uh, if I were wouldn't I would probably have to remove those characters and replace them with something else. But I mean let's well, I mean, be real. Simple. Like obviously well, you know, exactly. clearly they're not the famous relatives. It's, I mean that's okay. so, so like the Seamus yeah. thing, for example you know, yeah. uh, the, the now <laughs> when I designed the character I actually didn't know the resemblance, right? But then when somebody called it out I looked it up and then I was like, Oh actually yeah that that does look really similar. But then you look up seven of nine and then you know the the in her red suit instead of the blue suit for this character in the game. I mean, she kind of looks like Seven of Nine from Star Trek too. So I don't know who's ripping off who exactly, but it's just like <laughs> so what? It's a blonde woman in, in a in a in a skin suit. 
like off limits now? Is that just like not allowed? Or like a guy with blonde hair, sunglasses, and a tank top? You know, like is that <laughs> just like sorry, no one person did it because you know Duke Nukem, which yeah, I'll say the name. You know, like that was rip, a rip off of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Rambo and and all of those guys kind of mishmashed together into one. And this is Duke Nukem and Guile from Street Fighter and you know a few other people like that. So. I don't know. I think it's tongue-in-cheek. Uh, hopefully other people think it is too, but, you know, I'm definitely not trying to be like, I couldn't come up with any better ideas. <laughs> I just copied other <laughs> people's characters. It's, it really wasn't what I was going for here, but I don't know. <laughs> now, you mentioned that, uh, you know, the different characters have uh, different abilities. Can you kind of break down uh, what those abilities are and how they how they differ? Yeah, so it's kind of your standard, um, you know, you've got a guy that does a shield, you've got a guy with a strong, you know, area offensive attack, got a guy that does invisibility, um, and it's limited to, like, one, you know, um, ability per guy. So, so what happens is when you shoot somebody, it fills up this, like, special meter that you've got. So, I mean, it's almost like your ultimate, but the powers you tend to be able to use more than an ultimate. Um and then when it's filled up, you press the button and, you know, it does your, your power. Um, you also have a dash, so everybody, you know, kind of has the same movement scheme. But you can, like, you can jump, like, six times, so you can, like, jump really high up into the air. Or, like, you can jump, you know, shorter distance if you want. And then when you hit shift in any direction, you'll kind of, like, dodge to the left or right, kind of like, uh, like Bloodborne almost, you know? Like, that was kind of what I was looking at, where it's, like... You know the, the the rapid like dodge to like get out of the way of a bullet or or whatever, and then you've got your melee attack. So you've got like a few options, and and the and this is something that definitely stayed from the original concept was using kind of six, six degrees of freedom, you know, and and like trying to use vertical space really well, you know, um, because originally I had no gravity in the game. So, so yeah, so so first it was a submarine simulator, then it was an arena shooter with no gravity, and like 90% of the people that played it just couldn't get around the no gravity thing. It was just too like disorienting for people, which yeah, I thought was kind of an interesting thing to learn. But um, so I, I changed the gravity to be much more um, tribes-like, I guess. But but the jetpack is different than tribes. Like it's not really a smooth thrust. It's more of like a it's a, it's a jump. But you use that jump to get around from islands, and you can like. I mean, you can really jump very high into the sky, you know, so I think that's going to be kind of fun for people, and some people might not like it, so I don't know, it might, might vary there. Sure, sure. Um, very important question, though, do you have the, uh, like, skis from Tribes? <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why, because I, I was never a big fan of the skis, you know. Um, I understand the practical necessity for it, and it's the same necessity for having horses and paladins, which is you have a lot of space you've got to cover, and you need a fast way to get there, right? So in Starship, that fast way is jumping up in the air and then dashing forward, like, through the sky. Very through the body of your opponent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, like, but, um, uh, but no, uh, I, I didn't have skiing. Um, that, that's just as well. I always found it that I just, I just wanted to go around and basically play Tony Hawk in tribes <laughs> and not actually shoot anything, so that that's yeah. probably just as well if you want people to actually get things done and, you know, kill other people, attack AI cores, 
you know, what have you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah no, definitely. It's it's going to be a polarizing. Like like that's the thing. Like as a game designer, you know, there's like you do have to make decisions about like okay, it's going to work this way or that way. But like sometimes you know, it's like ah, it's going to be a polarizing decision. Skis or no skis? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I went no skis, you know, no skis and turbo dash, but uh, who knows? But I mean, you got jetpacks, and I mean, everybody loves jetpacks, so I think jetpacks. I don't know anybody that doesn't <laughs> love jetpacks. We'll just go ahead and blanket statement: everybody loves jetpacks. It'll be fine. They are, they are weirdly difficult to execute. Well, I will say that, um, you know, and that it's but because like there aren't very many games with jetpacks. I noticed, um, and you know, there's like. Uh, what was that? Do you guys remember the one on the N sixty four, the um, the Star Wars game? Um, uh, Shadow of the Empire. Shadow of the Empire. Yeah, yeah. And they had a sequence where you could kind of do the jetpack thing or whatever. Like, yeah, it was kind of fun, you know. And then the tribes jetpack, of course, you know. And and then there was a game that was um, I want to say like on the Xbox One that was kind of a uh, <laughs> I mean it was kind of a clone of. Uh, um, What's that game? Uh, it was one of the best games of the year, PS4, um, Indiana Jones-style adventure. Um, why am I blanking on this? Like Uncharted? Yeah. Well, but, but you were saying this was on Xbox. There's an Uncharted clone on Xbox One, I believe. Um and uh, you got a jetpack in there, and it's sure. so so it's it's a whole lot. Like if you watch the gameplay video, I, I can't remember the name right now, but if you watch the gameplay video, there's a whole ton of like kind of climbing up like fallen trains or you know dashing around or you know it's it's very. Um, you talking about Dark Void? Actually, maybe that sounds like it might be about it. Let me just check. I'm going to be real surprised if I just randomly picked Dark Void out of my brain there. But uh, I think that's what you're talking what about. Because that was Nolan North doing the voice that, to that. That was. And she had a jetpack. And it was... It was yeah. Guy. Actually, I think that is the one I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, well played, sir. Well played. <laughs> this brain's not completely useless yet. It's uh, <laughs> just filled with random trivia-like games nobody remembers. Um, but uh, so how how did you so you mentioned that the the jetpack in the game is you know more kind of like thruster pack sort of thing jump pack you know shoots you up in the air real quick Uh, what was kind of the impetus behind that versus kind of the the gradual uplift uh, style of jetpack well so I, I thought the gradual uplift was too limiting and the way I had it rigged up first which was a um maybe a, a rapid ascent with a, a fall off you know so you kind of started going like faster and faster I, I guess really fall up would be more more the right word um, but yeah people just kind of like it was really disorienting I liked it I thought it was fine because you could use um, down to kind of like nudge downwards and then up to like bunch of upwards but it was it was much more like you ever play those or see space movies where you know they're in they're out in space and they've got the little uh, you know jet stuff like like in gravity or whatever um, like the little the little space jet packs they've got like mm-hmm. at the international space station and stuff you know and it just gives you like short bursts and you're kind of like guiding that so um, 
you know, it, it was kind of like that. But I think the whole dash and just like more of a normal jump that people are used to seems to just like people get it. And as they play it, it's just like one less thing they've got to acclimate to or think about, you know, to get into the game. Okay. Very cool. Now, you also, you mentioned that the game has both swords and guns. Um, yeah. d- does this answer the old, age-old question of, you know, bringing knives to gunfights and who wins? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's, um, I used to play a lot of Jedi Knight when I was a kid, you know. Good answer. And, uh, that's that's, yeah, that's we all had I need these... to know. That's... <laughs> <laughs> all right, exactly. Yeah, so, like, no, we literally had, like, land parties and stuff, and, I mean, the lightsaber was, like, the way to go if you were a badass and uh i just i remember a lot of that so with this the lightsaber you can use it to knock people off the islands i so actually it's almost like the hammer and like super smash brothers or something like that like it's almost like you knock them comically far um but like uh and it deals double damage what so you can get damage power-ups to kind of like level up but then you die and you go back to zero um so you know it does double your damage so it is actually a pretty useful, and it's got a pretty generous hitbox, I'll say. Um, hopefully not overly generous, but, you know, it's, it's, you can hit people. Uh, but it's got a little bit of a delay, so it's a little bit of a wind-up, you know, um, as you kind of strike. Okay. Can you, uh, can you deflect uh, shots that are being shot at you with it? No, but I'd like to, and I was thinking about what the best way to do that would be is like, do you add an extra button, or do you kind of do it like as long as the saber is equipped? You know, because like in uh, Jedi Knight, I think it was kind of like as long as you're facing the projectile at like a certain angle, it'll count it as a uh, as a hit. So yeah, it was, like, it, was a, it was a passive yeah. skill. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that might be a good one, but no, I haven't uh, I haven't added that yet. Okay. That's fair. It, you know, it's it's not an actual lightsaber. It's just a you know light sword. So that's, <laughs> well, uh, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's another thing I will point out that like, all right, yes, like Star Wars invented the lightsaber. It is iconic. It is embedded within you know the public consciousness forever. You know, um, and Disney owns that now, uh, but. Then you got Halos, you know, whatever they call their light sword or whatever. You got, I mean, you just got a bunch of games that have this some form of an energy whip or an energy-based, like, baton or, you know, like... It, it, so, okay, yes, you see that, and lightsaber is the first thing that comes to mind. However, does that mean that, like, Disney has a lightsaber monopoly now and that idea is just stricken from fiction? Well, I <laughs> think as long as it doesn't make the... Uh... The boom sound. I think you're okay. <laughs> right, right. Well, uh, that probably is copyrighted. I, I think the actual law is is when somebody, if somebody mis- looks at my game and thinks it's Star Wars, or like, oh wow, I didn't know they were making a new Star Wars game or something like that, then it's a problem. Um, sure. But otherwise, it falls under like parody, and you know, there's like various you know specifics there. Not that I've ever looked into that. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, now, we, um, obviously, we've got guns in the game because it's a it's a shooter. Uh, are we picking up new guns? Do we have like loadouts, or does everybody yeah. have the same gun? How, how does same, uh, how do weapons work? 
everybody's got the gun and the lightsaber, and you can pick up grenades, remote mines, and uh, a missile launcher. Um, so these are items that anybody can pick up, and then you use them. Um, and, uh, you know, it's like an extra, you know, secondary fire kind of button. And those, you know, have a radius effect and kind of knock you back or whatever. Um, and that's pretty much it. And, you know, I kind of wanted to do that to keep it somewhat uh, pure in a sense. You know, like the laser that you start with will fire as fast as you can shoot it, but it does have a, um, uh, you know, kind of like heats up, you know, <laughs> kind of kind of gets too hot kind of thing. It's got to cool mm-hmm. down. Um, so there's there's you can't just keep on firing, um, and then there's a bit of a zoom, and it, it's got a bit of reach. So it's it's a precise weapon. So if if you point it at the right point, it's gonna hit the guy, you know. And and I I wanted that as opposed to like I don't know I, I play paladins and I feel like certain characters there not even that they're cheap because like it doesn't end up doing that much damage so much as it's just like annoying, you know like. Whereas, like, Quake 2, I mean, there's, like, no difference between the characters. You know, it's like, maybe you have some different skins or whatever. So I'm kind of trying to find the, the happy medium there of, like, yeah, they're different characters, but, like, no matter who you pick, the experience is going to be vaguely similar. But, uh, you know, if you really wanted to get into it, you can probably mix the, you know, characters to, like, get better, you know, team dynamics. Um, so are, are there going to be more characters uh, later on, or is it or yeah. the six kind of the, the base of the game? Uh, no, so I'm going to add uh, more. Um, so, you know, I very much consider this an early access title at this point. Um, and, you know, with the beta, I'm really just trying to get it to where, you know, make sure my server infrastructure works, make sure, you know, I've made the right game, and I'm going to spend time adding more levels and characters and items during that month. So, you know, I'm really going to be filling out content. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think um, you know there'll be a lot of a lot of cool stuff there. Very cool. Very cool. Aside from the um, aside from the uh, the jetpacks, um, are there like um, I know some, especially like with some of the other like multiplayer games, like there are certain like quick ways to get across, uh, like the the map itself, almost like a like a portal or anything. Do you have anything like that? Or is it just kind of like just kind of the jetpack movement that kind of gets you going? Yeah, so um, you can definitely move faster with the jetpack. And then there are these, you know, the spawn points that you can capture, um, you know, that, and there's there's a few within the map. And, you know, basically, uh, I, have you played Paladins? And, you know, like the, the capture points work. And, I mean, this is true in a few other games. But, you know, you walk up onto a target kind of thing. And stand there, and it kind of charges it for your team, yeah. and then the other team can come up, and it, you got to kill the other team to get them off the platform, kind of thing. Yeah, make sure it's not contested, and then it locks. Exactly. It locks for your team. Yeah, so we have essentially those, but they can be contested at any time, and they control where you spawn. So you know, teammates will spawn at that location, which might be closer to a strategic objective, um, or farther, or whatever. Um, so that's kind of uh, you know. The dynamic I'm I'm trying to play with there is is kind of like okay you move your spawn point for the team and that kind of changes uh, how quickly it takes for you to get you know from point A to point B. Okay. Now, with that um, on the I don't know if it was on the website or one of the um, 
the videos that you've got out there, but I saw mention of black holes and wormholes. How do yeah. those how do those affect things? And how, like that's not a normal thing to be in a multiplayer map. Right, right, right. Yeah, all right. So um, those are like secret areas. So there is, uh, and and that was in one of the earlier versions that they played a bigger role. Um, but again, it was just one of those things that nobody could ever find them or figure them out. And uh, you know, basically, you go through them. And they're like these wormholes. It's actually pretty cool. And and then you you know you, you take it to the other side, and there's a wormhole or an item on the other side, and you take that to wherever it is, and you're in a secret room kind of thing, right? So, so there are secret rooms in the current arena, and then there's um, one black hole, um, which leads to a secret area with some cool stuff in it. Um, so, and that's kind of like. I'll, I'll leave it up to people to figure out where it is, but it's it's not horribly hard to find, but it's kind of off the beaten track path. Um, and uh, yeah, but no, I, you know, black holes and wormholes and stuff. I mean, I think they just look cool. It's something I'm actually kind of interested in, like from a physics standpoint. You know, I think it's really interesting. It's one of the few things in the universe that we actually don't know as much about as you would think. Um, and, uh, you know, they make for good science fiction uh, fodder. Absolutely. Indeed. Um, is there potential future, or uh, is there is there potential in the future uh, for some of these black holes and wormholes to possibly take you to other multiplayer maps, like parallel universes, quote-unquote, where other people are fighting? Like that? Right. I think that's that a good idea. That sounds crazy, but kind of <laughs> cool, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, the metaverse concept. I mean, you know, I'm so I'm I'm specializing in Unreal Engine, you know, which it's kind of like if you're starting a game company, you know, you kind of want to pick a technology, you know, what are we really getting behind, you know, and then you're taking this engine and, you know, you're trying to do new and interesting things with it that maybe haven't been done before, you know, and um, for me, that's very much multiplayer games um, and what I'd like to get more into is kind of more the massively online genre. But even that has changed a lot recently, you know? And, like, like EVE is really the only MMORPG that I ever really got into. Um, and what I really liked about EVE was the uh, market dynamics aspect and, you know, the working economy and, like, all of the, like, super hardcore nerd stuff about it. You know, like, that was, that was really what I liked about it, right? So... I do think a lot about like what would be the next like logical step to that, or like how would you how do you simplify that and make it more accessible and make it more rapid so you're not like waiting around so much and you know what would that look like? Um, so I'm not sure what the answer to that question is yet, but like I think that would be a really cool game. Sure. Sure, that would. Uh, I'm just. I'm kind of picturing with the the Valkyrie game. That's did that has that come out? I don't. I don't even remember. Yeah, but anyway, I, the, the, the first you, person kind of version. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, where you're kind of like in the Eve universe, but then theoretically, like the whole rest of the game is happening outside of that or whatever. Or maybe that was the first person shooter that they were going to come out with. I don't know if that ever came out. Dust. Four twenty-five. Yeah, or, yeah, I do. yeah. Five, fourteen or whatever. Mm. And uh, like aerial bombardments or whatever could right. kind of be felt from the surface and you know stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I mean, I, and that is stuff that I find 
hugely interesting, you know, and um, like like gra- graphics are going to change in the future, you know, like I think they're going to keep getting better, but like I really feel like an area that has been underdeveloped is just like server capacity, you know, and networking ability and, uh, you know, just just higher bandwidth, massively online games, you know, why can't you have 500 people in an arena and not have the game choke. And, and there's legitimate answers for that. Like, you say that to somebody that builds these games, like, well, I'll tell you why. <laughs> there's a hundred reasons, you know. But uh, but things that technology behind the scenes in that area is changing a lot. And a lot of people don't realize that, you know. So I'm thinking about, okay, how can you take that and Unreal Engine and uh, make interesting games out of that, you know. Sure. Sure, sounds like uh, definitely a, a conundrum and something that uh, that needs to be worked on. Yeah, now, I mean, it's, it's no, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, uh, it's a, it sounds like a lot of the reason for kind of the the beta um, that that's opening up here real soon is uh, to kind of work a lot of those kind of you know networking kinks out. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. obviously, on the kind of the smaller scale, you're you're not trying to to make an entire <laughs> universe where 500 people are fighting 500 other people. Right, right. Um, but uh, for, for the game at hand, it uh, sounds like a lot of kind of what you're working on, proof of concept, all that kind of good stuff. Is that definitely. fair to say? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, so that's, that's of course, yeah, I want to work out any kinks, you know, there are in server capacity and really, you know, see, because like, yeah, I think I could easily handle a thousand users wanting to play the game, but like 10,000, you know, and obviously that's a high-quality problem, so I don't know if my game is quite that good yet, but, like, what I, I'm trying to kind of find the happy medium of, like, covering my bases just in case 100,000 people download it or whatever and want to play it so they don't all just totally shit on the game because the servers are down or whatever. Um, so, yeah, that's that's something that kind of keeps me up at night, but we'll see how it goes. I think, uh, I think it should be good. Um... And then otherwise, it's just really been, you know, smoothing out the game, you know, and just uh, making sure that it's fun to play, which is a game mechanics issue, but then also, uh, you know, it's clear what to do, which is something that I I learned, too, is really important, just, like, kind of guiding the user, but in a non-annoying way, and that's kind of the art form, I think, you know, so, like, a lot of AAA games, I think they kind of get shit for this, where they guide the user a little bit too much, maybe, you know? Um, because guiding the user can't be a bad thing, right? <laughs> you know, but like, then you look at the Dark Souls approach. I mean, I say, you, you would think, but there are <laughs> there's a whole contingent of people that's like that is the worst thing possible. Well, right. Why would you do that? Why would you put up a signpost? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, then you get Dark Souls, and they just you know leave <clears throat> text on the ground for you to read, optionally <laughs> as you're you know walking out of the first area or whatever. But. Uh, um, I think some of that is important, you know, and and I think some games do do get it right. Indeed, indeed. Now, um, how will people actually uh, get into the beta? Oh yeah, how so can people um, find out. Yeah, so just go to our website, starshipassassin dot com, um, and sign up on our emailing list. And when the beta goes live, uh, you get an email. Um, or actually, potentially before that, because I think I'm going to probably release to my email list first. Um, you know, I've already released it to some streamers and stuff that have been playing it and kind of giving me feedback, and, um, and then I'll be releasing on uh, itch.io and uh, Game Jolt um, as a free game for a month, um, and then I'll be putting it on sale. Um, I'm not sure at what 
price point yet, but like under eleven bucks. I'm thinking probably like eight ninety nine. But the uh, I'm not really sure what my server costs are going to be yet. <laughs> so that's kind of uh, you know somewhat up in the air, and one of the things I need to test you know this month. But um, yeah, I mean, I think based on you know my market research of what a uh, roughly how many people could be interested in a game like that, you know, at that price point, I think would be enough to cover everything. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Brian, uh, do you have any other questions before we jump into the end game? No, I think we absolutely can uh, can jump into the end game. So we like to uh, we like to end with a little bit of a questionnaire that's more focused on you um, than the game itself. Um, sure. And it's it's not easy, uh, but you know uh, we used to call it the lightning round, and that just didn't uh, work. Are, are these like me- mental puzzles, or yes, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I uh, please, I you know, <laughs> uh, if you would uh, reach to your left, you'll find the graph paper that we left out for you. Um, you know, just be prepared to draw, show your work. Actually, you know, you know what's really funny? If I had a camera right now, I'd show you, but I actually do have graph paper in front of me. <laughs> I, I, well, I, see, I, good. he found yeah, it. I, Fantastic. I That's... Graph paper, so I literally have graph paper in front of me, so touche, sir. Touche. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and start out with the first question. Um, who is your favorite video game protagonist? Oh, man. Favorite video game protagonist? Probably the guy from Full Throttle. Okay. The guy from what? The Full Throttle. Oh, nice. Okay. Came, uh, you know, it, was, it wasn't Max, but uh, God, I forget. But I mean, that's like I was just trying to remember. I'm like, yeah, what games did I play when I was a kid? And like, really, it was like, yeah, that guy, you know. <laughs> and uh, that was that was definitely one that I was a big fan of. Um, and then, I mean, I was always really in RPGs, like so, like Fallout and stuff. But like, then I, that was my first thought, and then I was like, oh, but then that's just myself, which doesn't make sense for this question. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, guy from Full Throttle. Ben. Ben, that's that's the okay, guy. There you go. I had to look that up. Good old Ben. Yep, 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 yep. All right, so flipping, flipping the script on this one, uh, second question, who's your favorite antagonist? Who's your favorite bad guy? Ah, touche, touche. Oh, bad guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know it's lame, but probably uh, Shodan. No, uh, no, not lame at all. She uh, gets mentioned a lot, but that's uh, there's a good reason for that. Not as often yeah. as you would think, though. Yeah, at yeah. least not as often as I would think. But. Yeah, I, I just remember that scene, you know, and it was like, oh, yeah, I, I, you know, and there was a couple other ones like, you know, just special effects back in the day that I thought were pretty amazing, and the big reveal, you know, at the end was that then along with Half-Life, you know, when they would shoot, I remember going through, like, a vent, and the, like, army guys would shoot, like, bullets through the vent, and you could see, like, light shafts, and I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. How did they do that? Anyway. Indeed. (laughs) Not bad at all. So, uh, very, very fair, and a good choice. Um, Question number three. Um, Are there any uh, trends in video games today that you think are... Are, uh, are small or not embraced enough is something that you get uh, you know that maybe is somebody's doing that you think everybody should be doing mm. <laughs> you know no I, I, I but I'm going to talk about 
a couple that I think are important, but uh, so like simulation is one that I'd like to see more of, or like um, so like <laughs> in addition to business software, like something that I actually did a lot of work with was like machine learning and artificial intelligence software, and uh, one of the things that's really interesting that's coming out of some of the changes there is like artificial creativity and this idea of well yeah like procedural generation what's the next generation version of that going to look like and you know it's much more about generating like custom meshes and characters or even like stories so like you know Dwarf Fortress I think does a pretty good job of this I don't know if you guys you guys ever played much Dwarf Fortress? I've not played it but I have uh, been involved with people who have and that sure. is a an endlessly fascinating like you look at something that is so lo-fi almost and then start to kind of understand what it does exactly yeah and i mean there's actually a lot of complexity you know behind it um and what but what they do is basically just come up with different rules that they can program in and i actually read about it so what they do is they come up with a story that they want to tell like you know this guy shows up at the fortress and tells them about some treasure, and then they kidnap him and chain him to a rock and blah, blah, blah. You know, like, just all this weird stuff, right? They come up with a story first, and then they're like, all right, what do we need? What are the actions involved and the steps involved in that? And then they program those in, and then they let them happen randomly. So little bits of that story get mixed in with other little bits of story. And there's a lot of basic stuff, but enough of it to where it just creates, like, an exponential amount of, like, possibilities. So... It actually feels like a pretty fresh game each time you play it, um, and that's the biggest problem with procedural generation right now. Is that everything does? I mean, yeah, like No Man's Sky. It was just you felt like you were playing the same game very quickly, and and the and that game wasn't all that much fun in the first place. You know, like so I agree. <laughs> expanded across the universe. It's like, and that's that. Honestly, I think that's where it went wrong. Is it's just they needed a little bit of a better core mechanic to suck you in in the beginning, and then people probably would have forgiven the fact that, yeah, everything starts to look kind of the same. But it was just, like, as with that as the selling point, I don't think procedural generation can be the selling point. I think it's, like, a technology that helps you realize a vision or a story or, or whatever. Um, to be sure that all the pieces you're actually putting into it are good. Yeah, I mean, exactly. So, so I think what you're going to see coming out of, like, AI and stuff is you're going to see more story generation and plot generation and what I'd like to see, like I'd like to play a Telltale game that just kept generating crazy stuff you know, or like, you guys play Life is Strange? Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean like that game like blew me away and after I'm just like, god damn it why does it take so long to make more of these? You know, like why, why aren't there like a ton of these that I can just play that like throw like crazy shit at you and you have to make a decision, oh man you know, so like that whole genre would benefit a lot from uh, you know, storytelling that could kind of like tailor itself, but um, it also sounds a lot like the uh, the Nemesis system they used with uh, Shadow of Mordor. Oh, I don't know about that. I, yeah, yeah I was where the about, uh, the orcs yeah, themselves like they they had a hierarchy and they had infighting and they had things that they would do uh, by themselves and move around the map. And as you kind of took one out or you aimed one at another one, they would come back, you know, they would fight each other, or they would come back for you at, like, random times. Oh, that's cool. Uh, it kind okay. of grew around, like, the decisions you were making, like, kind of on the fly. That game was really kind of a sleeper, like, uh, had a lot of good things going for it, huh? 
Yeah, that game was, was cool. pretty. Good. I mean, as far as like everybody thought it was going to be lame because it was yes. like, how good can a Lord of the Rings you know game be? Because they spent twenty million dollars just on the name. So that means that twenty million dollars less they're spending on developers to make. Yeah, you know, it, it was right? just on the name. It's it's uh it's Troy Baker's A Voice. Um, there's you know there's like a it looked a, a lot like um, uh, like Assassin's Creed with just like you know kind of Batman combat sprinkled in right. and like like looking at the the videos they put out and kind of tearing those apart first you're like oh well this doesn't look like anything special uh, but the moment everything kind of came together and you stepped into it you were like oh no hold on a second all this stuff put together this actually makes a pretty good stew yeah yeah uh, but flipping flipping the coin um, so the next question um, is there anything any kind of tropes or anything in video games that you'd like to see just go away <laughs> uh no, I mean, you know, like, favorites are always hard for me, honestly, and, like, like this has been true throughout my life, because I kind of look at everything as just more of a continuum, you know, and, like, like, when games need to go away, they do go away, like, like if people stop buying games, they kind of, like, just stop appearing, um, actually, I should point out MMORPGs, it would be cool if those had worked out better and those studios hadn't basically decided that MOBAs are more profitable, because it's really hard to generate all the characters and new story and, you know, blah, 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 for the MMORPGs. So that's why, like, Overwatch was originally going to be an MMORPG, but then they decided, ah, let's make it a MOBA instead because, you know, that won't bankrupt us. Um, so, like, yeah, there's things that I, I would argue that it would be nice if they spent a little bit more time on, but, like, in general... Um, no, I mean, there aren't any games that come out where I'm just like, you know, oh, I, I'm, I'm offended that that's even made. They need to stop making that, you know? I'm just kind of like, ah, if I make it and if people play it, then great, and if not, then I guess it sucks and do something else. You know? <laughs> it's it's kind of my, my philosophy on life, I guess. Sure. That's, sure. That is totally fair, and that is a that's actually a real kind of yeah, great way of looking at stuff. I mean, we don't we don't get anywhere without kind of building on what was there beforehand, and that includes the bad stuff, too. I mean, totally, you know, and, like, that's, like, even with movies, you know, you look at old movies and how much they inspired, you know, later directors, and, and a lot of it is, like, you know, you watch the original, and it's barely watchable, and it's, like, only interesting for historical value, but then you see how Martin Scorsese puts it in his movie, and you're like, oh, shit, that's awesome. You know, and it's just, so it's, like, People are always taking techniques that were like before their time and making them a little bit better and then applying them. Um, and that's kind of like this weird thing that just keeps happening over and over again with every new idea, you know, uh, good ones anyway. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so next question. The, uh, um, the the so, let's see. We had paused it. You're making games, which is very much the dream of some people. Um, but a, a lot of people, are, you know, they have other dreams too. And if you got the chance with no restrictions, um, is there another profession you'd like to try? Um, not really. I mean, uh, I mean, I've kind of done the entrepreneur thing, I guess, for like the last seven years, um, and that started out freelance but then you know later on was like an angel funded company and you know 30 employees and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. so like that I think was 
and that's still fundamentally the business I'm in, which is like, hey, I've got this thing that doesn't exist yet. How do I make it? How do I put it together? And then how do I get a team together to agree that, you know, hey, this is the thing that we should build and this is going to be awesome. And, and how does that like change and take shape? And I, I mean, I just like fundamentally creating things like that. And the only place to do that I found really is starting companies and starting launching products. You can't do that at a large company. And a lot of people think like, oh, I'm going to go work at a large company so I can get some experience so I can start a business you're not going to get any experience running a business at a large company. You know, it's just like it, they're fundamentally different sets of problems to the extent that a lot of people that are successful entrepreneurs at early stage companies are actually unsuccessful running larger companies because, again, it's just totally different skill sets. Um, so, you know, like that's that's kind of what I enjoy and, and what I'm doing. Um, I'm not incredibly successful with it yet, but like... I don't know, I'm making a game, <laughs> you know, and, like, I, I, it's it's kind of up and down, you know, you win some and you lose some. Um, so, yeah, I think I just want to keep doing that, and, uh, you know, right now my big focus is really on games because I think, I mean, I kind of joked about it earlier, like we're going to end up with a game-based economy or whatever, but, no, I mean, I think that, like, a lot of really, really new and cool ideas are going to be expressed through games, and that's going to be like a primary place where people like learn a lot about themselves and learn a lot about the world. And it's just it's it's an art form that really is is very early. You know, it's really just getting started. People don't realize that that you know it's only what thirty years old. You know, um, so I want to be part of that. Um, but you know, the way I do that is through kind of like okay. Let's get a team together. Let's build a company. Let's put a product out. Let's actually, you know, create this. Uh, I guess. Sure. Okay. All right. Uh, next question: If you could play any game again for the first time, what would it be? Uh, yeah, um, a lot. I mean, Final Fantasy VII was one that I, I played a lot of, and I really remember like playing that all the way through to the end. And you know, that that was a game I spent a lot of time with. Um, but then, like Fallout Three is another one. Like I, I wasn't actually as into Fallout Four as everybody else seems to be, because it just felt like Fallout Three, like with way better graphics, you know, and like way way more fleshed out. Um, the 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 big you know, thing for me was making the jump in Fallout, and I had played Fallout since Fallout 1, but making the jump from the isometric view to the 3D view was like, whoa! You know, but it was kind of a similar thing with, like, Morrowind, too, you know, and um, yeah, I, again, man, favorites, like, <laughs> it's, you know, pick, pick yeah, totally. the most awesome moments from an awesome, you know, set of experiences, you know, and there's just so so many games. I think a lot of people have that, you know, where it's like you look at your own history and a lot of it is probably you could probably place yourself by remembering where you were when you were playing a game kind of thing. What you were going through in your life and, you know, why that, you know, was like the perfect thing for you. Oh yeah. Absolutely. You know, they're they're just like uh just like any other stories where, you know, they, they easily kind of serve as uh as uh flagposts to uh to other memories. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited about VR, you know, like, that's definitely coming, um, and I don't think it's going to be a huge change for the industry in the sense that it's just another platform to develop for, 
you know, and like that's all, you know, you can already use Unreal Engine or Unity to build, you know, VR games, and it's it's not too tough. But the level of immersion that it gives you is just so much higher. So if they can work out the resolution, which I think is the biggest problem, um, you know, I, I think you're going to see a lot more people buy them. Uh, the PlayStation VR, I mean, has already exceeded estimates. They thought they were going to sell. I want to say like a million units in like six months, and they sold them in like what three or four. Um, so people seem to be interested in VR, you know. But uh, uh, it's also still like r- really early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, you know it's really early, and it's still it's still not at a price that everybody can kind of grab onto. Um, and I yeah. think you know, it's kind of got to stay that way for a while, just because of the you know like the technology at use and and kind of the 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 industry itself has to grow around it. Yeah, no, definitely. It's um they're not cheap toys. Not at all. Uh, but final question. Uh here we go for all the money. Um at the end of our lives, when we come to the gates of the mushroom kingdom, um and Toad is there to greet us with the book of our deeds, what would you like him to say to you before he lets you in? You were right. <laughs> I like that. Just you know what it was. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you were right. <laughs> Is that uh, the Mushroom Kingdom? We we like uh, talking about an acid trip here, or mushroom trip, or uh, that is for you to decide or find out. <laughs> uh, very 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 rapid uh, DMT visit. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah, right. Whatever your speed. Well, that's it. I like it. You're right. Um, and, and with that, um, we've reached the end uh, of the end game. Thank you very much for playing. Jonathan, uh, why don't you tell him what he's won? Well, congratulations. You won the right to be right. Yeah, yeah, you. That's, uh... <laughs> um, but seriously, uh, thank you so much for, for joining us and chatting with us uh, about... Uh, Starship Assassins and all the other crazy things that we have discussed. <laughs> if if you could send us out though by letting our listeners know where they can go to find out uh, more info about the game and uh, when and where they can get access to the beta. Yeah, for sure. And thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, really great talking to you. But uh, yeah, if you want to play Starship Assassin, uh, check it out on our website, starshipassassin.com and sign up for our mailing list and when the beta comes out get an email and uh, be able to download it for free but awesome uh, multiplayer arena shooter game awesome well thanks again and uh, good luck uh, going forward and uh, you know handling the uh, you know hundreds of thousands of people that'll download the game and (laughs) cause you know night terrors Uh (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm sure it will I'm sure it will (laughs) but hey good talking to you guys and uh, have a good one see you